Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. It's Monday night and it's time to get rowdy. Catch up on this week in ARCA and NASCAR with news and comments. Plus, you never know who will stop by for a visit. Right here on the Rowdy Maglite Show. And it's the 2022 version. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show. I got Kyle Magnum and I got Chi-Town Mark. Welcome, guys. Paul, thanks again, Rowdy. I don't know what we do without these Mondays and Thursday sessions uh, to get it out of our systems. And uh, Hey, everybody, come on, call on in. Let's know what your season's all about tonight. And, uh, we got a little next-gen talk uh, to go tonight. We have a little... Uh, uh, Racing talk from Allentown on the Ice Bowl uh, to check out. Uh, we got some great interviews that Rowdy's lined up for us. Thank you, Rowdy. And um, what do you got to talk about there, Kyle? Back from Allentown both nights. And, uh, yes, sir. see another familiar winner in Victory Lane. Uh, you know, we, we get the whole weekend in, thank goodness, you know, especially with the winter time here. And uh, luckily, there was a nice storm on Sunday. It was after the race, so uh, sometimes, you know, Mother Nature is on your side. But, uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. And, um, you know, I just want to say uh, before, uh, you know, we dive deeper into it, I just want to say thank you to uh, to Earl Kraus and Area Auto Racing News, Lund Salmon's Productions, for letting me cover the, the Allentown Indoor Race at the PPL Center down on 7th Street. Uh, what a blast. What a What a great time to just go around in the pits and just see the building and, and see what's in there, and you know, not you know, and it, and, and it's it's more, it's like a multi-purpose facility. It's not just for racing, you know, it's for concerts and hockey games and such. So um, yeah, just just what a what a great opportunity. And uh, man, I got I got two more weeks coming up, guys. Two more busy weeks, uh, you know, the MPA convention and the motorsport show. Kyle, what's it like to race indoors? I've never been indoor racing. I know Mark has, but I've never been to an indoor race. Well, it's you know, I, you know, the it's it's the, the climate's pretty, you know, okay. Um, I think they they have I don't know they have like a, a climate control thing in there. I have no idea how that works with the ventilation and all that. I know um, I think the Astrodome was one of the first to do that, but uh, yeah, um, it's it, it's real interesting. Um, you know, the TQ Midgets racing. You know, they, 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 these cars do run outside. Um, you know. Just but but all the entries and and what really surprised me was Ryan Flores of all, everybody guys. I had to hand out one business card right, and it went to of course the winner before the race started. So uh, that's his fifth win in ten feature races at Allentown, guys, since 2016, cool. since the inaugural event. His fifth win in ten races. So uh, there held there. So. Um, yeah, he's batting. He's batting 500 right now, and um, you know, hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we'll get him on Thursday night. You know, uh, he couldn't make it on tonight, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I heard from him a few hours ago, so uh, yeah, uh, hope, hoping to get him on. Um, I, you know, he, I know he's busy during the season as a, you know, he'll be the tire changer for for Austin Cindric in the Cup Series. Not sure if he's doing Xfinity races yet. I, I would not be surprised if they they use that Cup pit crew in an Xfinity race. I would not be shocked. 
um, mm-hmm. if they still are running the 22 team. Forgot to mention that. Um, so, so there's still still some things coming up, you know, for me. Uh, I know the next indoor race, at least I, I, I don't plan on going, but it will be Atlantic City at the end of the month, January 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, Ryan will be there and uh, before he heads off to Daytona. And, um, you know, just, just it was a good weekend, guys. Um, indoor racing, Rowdy, was uh, fun to watch. Uh, you know, you watch those cars go around that little track and, you know, bumping and banging, and, you know, you're seeing crazy flips sometimes. I mean, I, I don't know if I – I think I sent you a video, Rowdy, of uh, Eric Rudolph going in the air trying to catch Ryan Flores at Allentown. It was December 2016. <laughs> um, and, you know, you hear Steve Post just screaming with excitement. You know, I mean, there's nothing like that. You know, I mean – all I had to do, guys, was hear two two voices on the loudspeaker Saturday night. It was Steve Post from MRN and, of course, the legendary Earl Krause from Area Auto Racing News. So, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, two guys, two uh, two Northeast guys, you know, calling the action, um, you know. And, uh, you know, it's good to have that. It's good to have, uh, you know, just thanks to everybody, you know, EMPA for the opportunity and, you know, I didn't get to see Dino, unfortunately. Um, I know he's up on the press level. I never made it up there. So, um, but uh, you know, I'll see him plenty this weekend. You know, we'll we'll catch up and uh, hope maybe hopefully we'll get him on. You know, maybe next Monday or Thursday. I'd like to get him on. You know, especially during this time of the year. You know, with uh, tracks uh, previewing um, their seasons at the Motorsport Show uh, in Oaks in two weeks. So um, I know he's going to be there as well. So. Uh, he is, you know, he, we got a busy couple weeks coming up, and uh, Rowdy, just a uh, fantastic weekend. Um, you know, uh, parking was not incredibly, was not like, you know, through the roof to pay for, which was good. Um, you know, Allentown's, you know, it's downtown Allentown. That's what you're going to get. And, uh, you know, just a good event, good event all around. You know, the three 20-lap uh, TQ Midget qualifiers on Friday night. And, Had uh, Mad Max McLaughlin there, too, didn't you, Kyle? He was what? there. You're right, Rowdy. He was there. Mad Max McLaughlin. Ooh, yeah, he was call, there. Rowdy. Uh, didn't uh, didn't fare well in the feature, but um, you know, he was there. Um, you know, I I have I do know Max. You know, we've had him on the show before. Right. Um. So uh, you know, so he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a member of the Rowdy Ma- or well, a guest of the Rowdy Maglite show, and um, yeah, Max <laughs> McLaughlin was there, and uh, Andy Jankowiak, Andy J. You know, fan favorite. Um. But, uh, yeah, guys, uh, it was just a good weekend. I got my chickies and Pete's crab fries. They were good. Um, well, a little bit of cheese sauce with them. Um, just basically fries with a big seasoning in them. That's all. What, what, what is that now, Kyle? You got it, it, chickies and Pete's crab fries are basically fries with old base seasoning. I don't know why they call them crab fries, but that's what you're going to get. It was, You know what? It was $8, but it was worth you put, it. You put base seasoning on crab uh, especially in the Chesapeake area, Kyle, and, and that's why they probably call them crab fries. Cause it's yeah, it's a Philadelphia funny. restaurant, you know, uh, chickies and right, beef, you know, right. in the heart of Philadelphia. So um, it's just you know. uh, fries with Sounds no good to sauce. me. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially when you're, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you know, I had a, I had, a, I had a grilled cheese panini from Tim Hortons, and I, I did eat something, Mark, just so you know, other than the fries. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, a lot of coffee. That helped too. So uh, you know, it's really it was really cold out, but uh, I'm just thankful the weather was okay and uh, we didn't have any travel issues or anything. 
because um, that, that's what happens this time of the year, especially when you have an indoor race or you have a motorsport show. I mean, sometimes you run into bad weather, especially in the Northeast in the wintertime. You do. So, um, well, yeah, but, but, but next for me will be the uh, EMPA convention this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be there all three days. Um, get to see my dad as well. Um, that'll be nice. And uh, then we got the motorsport show the weekend after in Oaks near Philly. I'll be there Saturday. Um, I have to get some information, more information on uh, who's going to be there. I think Matt Hirschman will be there. Um, right. I forget who else I talked to. There, but but uh, there will be a few drivers at uh, motorsports and uh, really looking forward to it. You know, everyone's in motorsports. And, uh, yeah, it's really, uh, you know, I think uh, last time I was there, Tony Stewart was there. So, um, you know, so, yeah, that was, that was cool. Actually, my mom was with me, too, um, you know. Uh, which was really nice, and um, and I just want to share one more story cool. before I throw cool. it back to you guys. Um, it was funny because one year I, I just went, I bought a ticket into the motorsport show, and I ran to Earl Earl Krause, and, and Earl says, you know, why don't you come on into the media room? You know, you're, you know, your your family. And I said I appreciate it, and um, you know, and, and of course, who walks in? Of course, Richard, of course, none other than Richard Petty walks right past me. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Did your knees yeah. buckle a bit, Kyle? Yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, I, I I'm pretty sure he signed every single autograph at the motorsport show that day too. So that's what he's always been noted for, isn't it, Rowdy? Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, and having a legible signature because he wanted everybody to know mm. Richard Petty signed it, mm-hmm. guys. You can these autographs today. I mean, it ain't. All you got to do is swirl something that looks close to the first initial and last, and that's it. Well, we we've had the experience, Rowdy. You and I both have. And <laughs> yeah. Kyle, someday you may be joining us in that situation. But uh, uh, after doing that, I I have to give Richard Cuddy even more credit than maybe he deserves. He takes that. 30 to 40 seconds to sign and say and whatever. Uh, and whoever he's doing that to, uh, you guarantee he's going to have a smile when Richard walks away. And they're going to remember it the rest of their lives, aren't they? I think so, guys. Uh, you know, he speaks volumes of, of who he is. And, and, I mean, he's still at it every Sunday at the track during race season. Well, you know, Rowdy, how many times I've been tempted when we've seen Richard uh, by the media center on pit road or whatever, and you think you may have a second. I would love to go and ask him about Wayne Peterson. Ask him about riding in that Volkswagen. I get Richard's version of that story. After listening to, uh, to Wayne talk about it, and Kyle add color, and it was wonderful color too, folks. Uh, there were about four or five grown men on their knees because we were laughing so darn hard. It was one of the most improv, greatest memories I have in, in my racing uh 50-plus years of, of going to races. It, it, was, it was absolutely wonderful. And I'm giggling about it right now, just thinking about it, Rowdy. Kyle, you, 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 you missed it. I'm sorry. It was great. It really was. And, you know, Wayne had told me that 
story before, <laughs> and for him to redo it, and Kyle right there giggling and agreeing with every word of it. And, adding, and Kyle adding his own little taste. And yeah. Kyle's a wonderful and imaginative guy. I've always enjoyed listening to him. He's great on on pre-race shows and, and uh, just to be surrounded by those two and, and uh, the honor it was to listen to that story. Uh, yeah, uh, priceless, Rowdy. That's priceless. So, guys, we got uh, testing Ooh. at Daytona. Arca. It's Arca's turn to test, Rowdy. Kyle, what you got What you got to say about testing in uh, Daytona for the Arca guys, buddy? I'm ready. Let's bring it on. Let's see uh, <laughs> who's fastest, and uh, let's see if we have an entry list. That would be uh, pretty nice if I could find one of them. Um I'm not uh, sure if there is one uh, yet, but uh, yes, oh wait, yes there well, is. Oh, yes wow. there is. I I think I posted that. There is a lot of drivers. A lot of drivers, right. guys. Which which one of us wants to race there, Mr. Crawl, on the show in the near future? It's so more than sixty drivers. This. Yeah, it is. It's over sixty. Wow. Kyle, since you found the the list of. I'm nominating you to get a hold of Charlie, and let's get him on the show in the next couple of weeks, please. All right. Thank you, sir. What do you, is that okay, Rowdy, with you? I'm sorry. I didn't want to overstep, buddy. But I have a feeling we kind of need Charlie on the show. It's getting to that time. Mm-hmm. It's getting that time, guys. Uh Our uh, the Dutch NASCAR group, Mark's not his group's not going to be able to make it. Mark, you, you know what? Right, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's, uh, they uh, are really hit hard over there right now. Not that we're not being hit hard, but uh, the Netherlands is the most densely populated country in Europe. Uh, I mean, they're living on top of each other. And, Bless them all. I hope things go well for them. And, and then there's that other little country just on the other side of them in Belgium. And Rudy, so Rudy, we're thinking about all you guys. Yep, so they, that was a uh, possible starter for the ARCA and for the, uh, and a possibility for Xfinity ride there, but they're yes. not going to be able to bring that on to to the United States and be able to travel back and forth. I'm sure it's got to be the concern. It, it, it is, Rowdy, and uh, I was so happy and excited uh, when you were uh, contacted by Mark in uh, oh, early December, right, around, right after Thanksgiving. And uh, we were on the boat and trying to work some things out. So... Uh, it was going to be an exciting Daytona. It was just going to add that little extra icing on the cake for us and uh, not be able to see him. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see Rudy either if we're not going to see Mark and Mark. So, uh, hey, guys, we'll get you a copy of the show. And we'll, 
will wake you up in the middle of the night and make you come on the show. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I think it's like four or five AM or no, three or four AM right now for those guys. I mean, I'd get up for them. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you guys, you talk about a perfect track. Adam, his group, they really did not have to do a whole lot to it. It, come, it The track come to them. It wasn't dusty. They had laid a lot of gravel in the infield. Made it a lot easier. The only thing was Thursday, it was all the rain come Thursday, they had to pull into their own spaces that had mud. A lot of the guys right. rode down tarps where they and drove over the tarps to keep the cars out of the mud. But Tim had a rough night, uh, guys. Uh, he had a good chance, and he got mm. got jammed and tore the side off passenger side. There was no well, yeah. right That's side left. That's racing, Rowdy. Yeah, but I think the photo I really enjoyed the most that you got this past weekend, uh, that number ninety-seven car, that Fred guy. What's his name again? Man, Red Farmer. I'm gonna tell you guys that that gentleman just had a valve replacement, and I had I stepped almost step by step over to the left of him, and we had to step over this little wall. Red stepped up at, at 89 years old, stepped over that up and over that wall just as Ooh. good as a 66-year-old man stepped up and over it. And, Mark, Dang. you know, we walk. I walk a lot. We do. It surprised me. He, hey, he stayed up. Now, I got to admit this. He did. Red did have enough sense for himself that he loved himself enough to stay up in the press box most of the day, which he needed to. But he said if he got up, somebody would get his window seat, and he wasn't getting up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still a competitor at 89 years old. Now, is he going to try to get back in the car uh, after nah, some recuperation, or th- have we seen the last of him as a driver? I think we'll see a little bit of, of him, but I don't know if competitive again, I, you know. No, no, I, I don't think so. But well, look, guys, that that valve replacement there is not like no kind of surgery. I mean, it's it's there's a possibility he he's gonna make that. I'd say Red's gonna make some more laps. I don't know if he's gonna compete, but he's 89 <laughs> years old. I I am so forward and to in good mind and shape. My uncle about it. You need the mental end as well as the physical end to be able to drive those race cars, especially on dirt, Rowdy. Um, I, I could see it maybe more happening on asphalt, paved, but to, to get out there and, uh, no, he doesn't have what he used to have, and uh, I, I'd be surprised as heck if he did, guys, but he still gets out there and he runs. Uh, he still bumps. He still rubs. He still tries to move forward, and uh, uh, the fact that he even doing that at his age is just absolutely remarkable. Well, and and let me tell you something. Talladega Short Track, has uh, they have really done some, a, a lot of good improvements. You know, how Mark, 
There's nothing wrong with the old one there. But, uh, you know, they it just takes a, a lot of young blood every once in a while. And they've come in there and done a lot. Of, hey, listen, if they had not have had that extra parking joining, which right, is a Talladega right. property, hey, there'd have been cars parked for both ends because that's the most cars I've ever seen parked over there at race track for the race. It was absolutely my I, guys. I had to park way, way on over. It was a journey to get back to the car after it's over. After being on your feet all day and falling in love with that uh, light generator over there because it was belching out good, clean, warm air. Heat. Oh man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know the feeling, Rowdy. I've been in the position myself. I'm sure Kyle has, too. I wanted to come in the last before the last race and got caught, you know, get the pictures of Victory Lane. There ain't no time to get across. Everybody done got across. No. The cars are starting for the next one. It, uh, they, they run that show. Boom, 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 Rowdy. Rowdy, I got across. Yeah, <laughs> Where'd you get across to, Kyle? The other side of the building. Okay. Did you cross the Did you cross the track? You bet I did. What did I mean? Was a lot of racing what that look like? Over. What that surface looked like, Kyle? <laughs> it was interesting. Um, it was nice to walk on it. It was a little slippery, but uh, really? you know that's going to happen when you lay rubber down. But, uh, yeah, it was a good night, and, um, yeah, it was a interesting experience. You know, I haven't covered a indoor race in, like, five years, so it's good to be back. Maybe, so Rowdy, they, they, don't need, they don't need to prep that track much like I see here at, uh, uh, at the Domes we've had here and at Fort Wade and a couple other spots where it's uh, 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 concrete flooring. They put gold syrup down for traction, but... They may not have had to do that at the Allen Town because they weren't running uh, quite as powerful a car with the quarter midges as you would with a regular midget. Uh, do you think that's the case, Kyle? Kyle, what classification is that also? What what kind of engine they run in that midget? I'm not sure. I think it's a small block, but I'm not sure. Well, I forget how many horsepower it is. I, I, I never really looked yeah. at it. it. It's a snowmobile uh, motorcycle prototype type engine. Uh, it, it's based on that, but it's built specifically for the uh, the quarter midget racing. Um, and, and like all racing divisions, everybody's got their engine builders, chassis builders, you know, body panels, you name it. You get your wings from one guy, your engine from another. Uh and you go out racing, and hopefully you don't tear them up too much, and you have to go buy more parts from that guy. <laughs> well, the fiberglass has made the racing industry a mm-hmm. lot faster and flexible. And now with those guys, was I reckon the end of the segment here, while we're going to talk about the car of tomorrow. Uh, here in just a few minutes, we've got a, a, a pre-tape from, from one of the conferences. But 
You know, guys, I reckon you, you snap these, you can change these cars. If I'm not mistaken, these clips can be took off. If it's a short track, you can turn it into a super speedway. Is that? Am I getting this right? By changing the whole front end and the rear, rear tail, tail section off? I think you keep that center section, you bolt that, literally right. bolt on a rear and front clip, don't you, Roddy? Kyle, yeah. you, you see the open-wheel cars a little bit more than we do. Isn't that the case? I think so. I'm not sure, though. It, it, uh, from what, I, what I've seen, it, guys, at Nashville, you you start off with, you buy the, start, you buy the chassis, which is the cab, the cocoon for right. the driver, and then you mm-hmm. buy a tail section bolts on, the front section bolts on. So if you crash, I, I you know I don't know how that all works. I guess you cut and weld back to your row cage centerpieces because some of the wrecks is really horrendous. Well, but the whole purpose of all this is to buy parts from one manufacturer, mm-hmm. right? You got one group of people that you can buy just your front end, your pieces for the front end. And when's that coming down to the motor, guys? That's that's the deal. They want to save money, but Oof. there's your cubic, biggest. That's the biggest cost of the whole project. Cubic dollars, Rowdy. Kyle, whoever spends the most wins. Uh, Whoever has the deepest pockets wins, uh, and for, in many cases that's true, especially at the local track running weekly. But has NASCAR come upon the formula that needs to be done to keep the racing going uh, with this next generation car, or is it? We haven't seen that on the track yet, so we're, you know, Rowdy, you just saw a little testing. It's difficult. Is it going to be competitive? Is it going to be eye You know, are we going to want to watch that car race? There's a lot of positives that we've looked at, the composite body, the tire width, the tire height, the safety features, the engine program, and, I mean, everybody gets the same car. There's very little you can do to modify that car. So is it really going to make that much of a difference who the driver is now? I Hey, I'm going to tell you, uh, Kyle Magna, Kyle Larson, <laughs> is going to, Kyle Larson is going to be absolutely awesome in that new car. Because that yeah, car is pretty good. That, that new car is going to do, it's going to respond to him running the, the high line better than any car he's ever had before. Sounds like a good uh, conclusion, Rowdy. Well, if he can get her up there, he's going to be able to, he's going to rub his way all the way back to a championship. I, I really believe that. What What's the biggest difference, guys? The tires, the engine, the chassis? The composite body, what's going to make the biggest difference in cup racing next year? Uh, Matt, what do you think? 
I'm sorry, Rowdy. I know it. I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is, my friend. But Kyle, what, what's going to be the biggest difference in the new car next year? More horsepower. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Rowdy. It's going to be the, the composite body's going to make mm-hmm. a big difference in in the old racing scene. We we've seen it in the Arca, and we've seen it in uh, Xfinity, but we have not yeah, seen it in the watch- trucks or the Cup. We've been watching it for years on the Super Late Mile and Pro Late Mile end. You don't cut down tires like you do with the steel body cars. And uh, what's that old adage? Rubbing is racing. Um, I, I got to watch a couple of uh, uh, old races they were showing on cable this past weekend. 1988 at Phoenix. Uh, wow. The racing was really good back then, guys. And the drivers, the drivers had personalities. Right. Uh, have we lost that a little bit? Well, Mark, I got this ready to play here on that next gen. Let's let's uh, let it play here a little there, bit. Rowdy. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, hold on, I had it. It I just lost. <laughs> I, I I think Mark drivers played a big part in. I think drivers played a big part in the reason our attendance is down. They just uh, yeah. some a very few of them come out and got dirty with the fans and. Hey, kudos to the ones that did. Uh, and, I, and, I think and, we kind of saw that at the at the snowball derby and the performances that were put on there, Rowdy and. Uh, it was more of on the negative side than I think either one of us wanted to, to really see. And uh, I didn't like who uh, was being emulated at that point. I, and we're not going to name names. But Rowdy, Kyle, you know what we're talking about. All right, guys, we're going to try this again here. Sounds good, sir. Testing one, two, three. All right. As promised, we have John Probst here just to give a a little update of uh, the next-gen test and and the the program in general. Uh, I do have a few opening questions for John, and then I'll let you guys ask questions. But uh, just to open up, you know, John, your general impression so far of the test, the feedback you've heard from teams, and what are you seeing in the garage? Yeah, I'd say so far, so good. Uh, we have 21 cars here. All have been on track, I think, except for one so far. Uh, quick check before I come over. We had over 614 laps completed so far by the cars that are here. So that's quite a few laps being turned. Um, by and large, I'd say uh, we're pretty pleased with what we see here. We do have some some guys working through steering for sure. Um, that's something that we'll continue to work with them it is something that they're making some progress on right now and it's you know kind of why we test right so you know we've we've tested with you know our nascar car and you know with the help of some of the teams here and there but this is the first time we've had this many cars 
actually run by the teams at the track. You know, we had eight at Daytona, but like I said, here we have 21. So um, we're going to find these little things here and there, and that's why we test. We use the teams to help us. Their collective experience is second to none, and when we hit these issues, we, we fully expect we'll work our way through them and, and move on and probably find the next one. But that's not unusual. We, we have issues with our cars today, so uh, we're pretty happy. Um, one of the things that has been talked about a lot lately has been uh, the, the crash test that you guys held at Talladega and just general vehicle safety. Can you just give the, the media an overview of uh, the test, kind of how you got to that point, what you did with the data, and changes that came from that? Sure. I would say that, you know, normally we would do our testing at UNL. The, that is the facility that we've done the majority, if not all of our previous crash tests at. That would be our preference, and that was our plan. As we went through the, the planning of the next gen, we had those tests scheduled on the calendar, and as we you know, called to confirm, they would get delayed here and there, and no big deal. And the last time we called to confirm, it got delayed by six months. Um, we were, we pretty much pulled every trick out of our book to uh, work our way into the schedule, and it just, in the end, was not possible um, for many reasons I won't get into today. When we struck out with UNL, the next step for us was to approach other test labs across the country and also our OEM partners, because obviously they do a lot of crash testing as well. Um, same thing, at the moment you, you tell them you want to run a car, um, at the speeds we want to run it into their walls, they, they immediate, immediately declined, um, at which point uh, we were left to find a facility to do that at, and I guess for, for crash testing, there's probably no better spot than a racetrack itself. We then had to work out how do you get a car to drive itself into a wall with a dummy where the driver would be sitting, which we found a company to work with that involved a, a fully autonomous robotic driver um, that controlled steering, brake, throttle, clutch, uh, while also allowing the test dummy to sit in the in the actual seat. Uh, and then that took us a little while to work through that. Obviously, when we're developing that technology just to go test, um, that can create delays as we go through the learning curve. But uh, Suffice it to say, we were able to pull that off, uh, I think it was end of June. Um, the crash from there, and I'd say like any time we test a car, like we come out of here, you always make a punch list of things that you want to address. And we did the same thing coming out of Talladega. Uh, I would say that, you know, looking through all of that, we uh, engaged, there's a panel of four experts that we regularly use today, anytime there's a a big incident, take it, uh, you know, for example, Ryan Newman or Eric Almarola, crashes like that. We will, uh, and then also we use that group as well for any time we approve a, a seat or a, a head and neck restraint system. So, so we, we have existing relationships with these guys. They are an independent panel. Their experience uh, with us is pretty extensive. Some of them involved with us back from the Earnhardt days, and then also a lot of experience with the NFL, the NFL Players Association, and then also um, uh, a, a doctor out of Wake Forest that does a lot of work with biomechanical modeling. 
Um, we have done some work with him on mouthpiece sensors and things of the like. So these are the guys that we turn to when we want them to look at the data. And it wasn't just the Talladega crash test, but we had them look at the design of the car holistically um, for their opinion. At that point, out of that test, um, we were all pleased to continue moving forward with the test plan and, and releasing cars for testing. As we do, like I said, make a punch list of, of things that we would like to make better, not all of them related to the severity of the crash, but sometimes just how things break and, and the like. So we've, we've implemented some of those changes to the clip and to some of the suspension parts. And when we come back here and test in November, all the cars will have those parts and pieces on them. Thank you. And then uh, the last thing, if you could address, uh, when we were testing down at Daytona, some drivers talked about heat in the cockpit, and I know you guys are testing some alternate solutions now. Yeah, sure. So, like I said, whenever we get the, the group together, and, you know, there we had eight cars. We had eight cars running in close proximity. We have the exhaust from the radiator coming out the hood. Uh, that when they're in a pack, was finding its way into the, the windows of the cars beside them. So uh, we definitely had a problem with heat down there. We are full blast right now trying to find solutions to that. We think we have, we have like four different things we're going to try here. Some of the cars are actually starting to run them now. And that involves anything from, you'll, you'll probably see them out there if you're watching the cars, the exhaust moved forward. You'll see some, some uh, slots in the rear glass in the front glass. Um, we're going to put some vents underneath the car to keep the air moving between the under tray and the chassis. Um, obviously, it's kind of cool today, but there's so much data on the cars. We have them instrumented with temperature sensors. So while it won't necessarily be hot today, we'll be able to uh, quantify the effectiveness of those those changes. So when we come back here for the oval, we'll, 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 we'll land on a particular solution pending the testing today and the testing tomorrow. And the intention would be for the cars to come back here in November with all those cooling updates implemented. Thank you very much. We'll go ahead and open up for questions now. Do you raise your hand and Amanda will bring you the mic. Uh, please start with your name and affiliation. JimMotorsport.com. Uh, could you, John, could you talk a little bit about what are some of the areas, uh, the new parts and pieces that came out of the crash test uh, have to do with? And will they, do they basically alter the how, or do you even know yet if they alter how the car actually performs? So, good question. I would say the updates that are coming can be made on the front there so there's some updates to the front and rear clip all of which could be um, retrofit into an existing clip um, but we have enough time that we'll make brand new parts and, and, and teams if they want we can retro the parts that they have now um, so from a, a performance perspective from the on track like normal um, I'm making laps I'm racing I'm bumping and banging with the other drivers it'll have no effect um, with respect to crash performance, like we feel like that'll, it would be an improvement, and that, that's a lot of the reason why we're making it. Um, with the suspension parts, while they have very little contribution to the actual crash pulse, um, like when they fail, there's a tremendous amount of energy that goes through them. We want to make sure that they, they more bend than break, 
So the updates to those would be just to ensure that when, when there is a wall impact, that the, the, the failure mode is more of a bending mode than, a, than a, a snapping of the control arm, if you will. Bob? Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. So the, these new parts and pieces that help it, that make it perform better in a crash. So what, what can you be more specific? Like, is it, did the, the did the car collapse too much? Did it co not collapse enough? Did it, does it move energy to somewhere else other than the driver? Can you be a little more specific, please? Yeah, so for example, on the front clip, what we've done there is taken like existing cross member and put little football cuts, we call them. So basically drilled holes in the cross member. Um, we modified one of the, the lower legs to have like a, a little kick in in it, all with the idea of allowing more deformation um, in, a, in, a, in a crash situation. The idea there is we're trying to spread the, the deformation out over a longer period of time. And actually, when we're trying to work on the rear, it actually helps when you work on the front as well. Um, so if, if we're able to spread out the load earlier in the crash, it actually helps later in the crash. So I think it's a case of, um, like anything nowadays, everything's kind of a, a pretty finely tuned system. So if you're trying to you know, work on the, on the rear of the car, then you would say, oh, well, I'm gonna focus on the rear. But uh, the way everything works today is typically on like a right frontal that we did is the right front hits and then then the, the right rear, or sorry, the right front hits and then the right rear comes around and hits the wall, which is pretty common today. Um, so when we go to work on that, it just for us made sense to focus holistically on the system. And then on the steering issues, is it, I mean, we had heard that just the steering parts and pieces were just not um, durable enough, kind of what I had heard. Is that accurate? And what, you know, what's kind of the next step in that process? Yeah, so obviously we're here collecting a lot of data. I don't, I'm not aware of any durability issues with the parts and pieces and with respect to a case of where it would, would fail or something like that. Obviously the cars are out there making laps right now. So it's, it's a case of, um, it's like a vibration that we have. And I think that some of it is attributed to like, like as, as small as like set screws backing out and things like that, where um, it's not a case of like a, a tie rod is breaking or cracking or the servo is, is cracking or, or any of that. So I, 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 right now at least, obviously we're out here running lots of laps and I don't want to tell you something that maybe tomorrow we say, oh, well, there is a durability, but I can say as, as of right of this moment, um, and, a, and including all of the testing that we've done, none of it has been like a durability issue. It's been more of a case of like set screws, um, not holding tension on torsion bars and, and things like that. But we, I, I feel like we'll, we'll fix that and move on like at some point here, especially now that we have more teams involved. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, the, the first race of this car is the Coliseum in, in February. Um, the, the path you're on, how comfortable are you with this car and in, in getting there right now? I'd say very comfortable. Um, like I said before, like even with the changes that, you know, like suspension changes, we could have had all of the cars here on those suspension changes. We elected to 
allow more time um, at the R&D Center for us to evaluate all of the potential options that we could go. Um, we have really good vendors in a lot of those areas. Like I know some of you have been up to see the, the technique facility where they're making the chassis. They're able to, to, to really produce a lot of stuff very quickly. Um, so I feel like you know, the Coliseum will be a good venue for the car to, to kind of get its legs under it. And like, I feel like this is a good test for the car as well, um, like the road course. Um, just kind of lets us ease our way into it instead of just a giant jump off the cliff kind of event. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any concern over the car and, and getting it to the Coliseum or any of the races after that. Have the drivers said to you anything to you today about the, the feedback in terms of the heat or anything? Or are you still waiting on the metrics as you talked about to kind of gauge that? Yeah, today, like I said, I mean, it's probably wouldn't be the ideal day to pick to go work on heat and heat management. But um, I think right now a lot of the – we're still waiting. Like as I came in here, I think just the first team was actually starting to go through um, some of the, the test pieces, putting them on the car, and I saw actually the second team start putting their stuff on. So I think later today, probably tonight, would be a better time to have like some data on that. And the third question is about parts and pieces, which you've talked about. And any are the teams comfortable with where they are at in terms of access to parts and pieces, or is there any shortages or anything that have, that have come up or arisen? Yeah, I think I think that I mean I'd have to let them speak for themselves, but I think there's a there's probably an element of, of people that would love to have all their pieces and parts for all of next year sitting on the floor right now. Um, and, and then I think from our perspective, you know, we feel like as long as you have the parts and pieces that you need to get through the year when you need them, um, we feel like we're in a pretty good spot. Like I don't think there's going to be a part shortage um, that's going to create like a disruption in what we do. Now, like I say, if there's a team that says, I need 40 sets of everything sitting on the floor to feel good, and we have some, um, then, yeah, they're probably not going to be real happy. But, like, as far as having the parts and pieces to, to go to the racetracks and have spares and all of that, I feel like we're in a good spot. Steve Connolly, the podium finish in PRN. John, um, Harvick mentioned yesterday, he said one of his biggest concerns was inside the car, visibility, the bars, very limited visibility in the back. Is that something you guys continue to work on? What have you heard from other drivers in regards to that aspect? Yeah, that, I, I don't think he's alone. Like, so we've had a couple tests where, you know, we get drivers in the car and they're quite fine. Um, they, their sight lines are good. The, all of the clearances look good from our perspective. And again, it's it's part of the reason why we test because we want to get multiple different drivers in the car to get their feedback on how things look. And you know, I would say that when you look at all of us as humans, the distance from your eyeballs to the top of your head is pretty similar. But when you look at the distance from our eyeballs to our butts, it's all very different. So like we do have Padillac here and, and David Green who oversee all of our safety stuff. We're going through that now. Um, with the drivers trying to see where how their seats are mounted here and the clearances that we have and what room we have to move around so um, that that's an area that we, we continue to work with the teams on we feel like we'll get to a good spot and um, yeah I guess that's about all I'd say on that one Alex um, Alexandra with the Charlotte Observer uh, there, there is obviously a lot of kind of concern I guess around rumors flying around about where this delay was coming from essentially um, over the summer and so how I guess to to quell some of that, how comfortable are you guys right now with the safety of this car as it stands? 
very comfortable. And I, I think, like, I tried to explain some of the reasons we had the delays earlier this year is that, you know, like, when we go do a test at UNL, we, we had, I exaggerate here, but we show up with the car, and they run the test, and they give us the results. So when that couldn't happen, we had to do a lot of that ourselves. So we had a lot of our guys having to go through high-speed video and actually run a lot of the metrics on the, on the dummies that were in the car. And whenever we do that, it just takes time. And, and I think that that was a lot of what was going on in the summer. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I heard them all as well, of dummies' heads flying off. At no point did a dummy's head fly off. We never even had a dummy act up. Um, so, like, yeah, we, I heard it all. It, it's, but, yeah, no, and none of that was based around anything concrete and what the activities were on our end at the time. So... So for, for crash testing, I apologize if I missed this, but what, what is the schedule specifically for crash testing coming up with this car? Yeah, so I, I think that like crash testing for us often is full vehicle, but we do a ton of like component testing. Like I, I think we were talking earlier about like, um, like the, the control arms and what are we gonna do with the control arms. Like when we're trying to make control arm changes, like we don't crash an entire car to see what the control arms are gonna do. So I would say like crash testing for us is always ongoing. Uh, it will continue to be ongoing um, even after we get through all these rounds of testing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we coming off of last year, um, you know, such high expectations going into the season, um, you know, kick off the season with a win in the duel.